mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower, 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, last hour, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today, by the way. Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. By the way, any of you guys that are up on the north end of town, if you need anything done at all on any vehicle, including diesel trucks, Josh is your place. He'll take care of you. He's up in uh, the east part of Boulder. So for a lot of you that are in that, I don't know, Gun Barrel, Niwot, even South Longmont, you know, Boulder, Erie, Lafayette, Louisville, Superior, any of those areas, you're not that far of a drive from Josh. He's happy to take care of you. And has a great facility uh, to do that in as well. And all of our sponsors, Josh included, again, go to drive-radio, drive-radio.com. They're all listed there. It's really easy. Click on it. It takes you right to his website, and it's that easy. Lynn in Littleton, you are next. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, sir? Good. So the gentleman that called this buying his razor for his property up by Max, Wyoming? Yes. In, in Colorado, you cannot legally license them for on the road. Right. However, being up there where he's at, because uh, I hunt up there and I'm actually on my way back from there, uh, the sheriff generally doesn't say anything if you have a Forest Service sticker on it, which is what you were talking about, which is $25 a year. Right, the OHV. Sticker. However, if, if he's just going to use it on his property and never take it anywhere. Yeah, you don't need it. He doesn't even, That's right. He doesn't even need that. That's true. But the other thing I would recommend, because I just bought a brand new Honda unit, and because of the way our everything is right now, I had to go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota for it. However, what that did was it saved me a $1,600 in sales tax here, and I spent about $500 on the trip going up there to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because... And because, yeah, we don't have the same titling on that, so you don't have any sales tax back here on that. Technically, well, you're supposed to, but... I, so yeah, I, have to be I have to be careful if I say that. You're technically to supposed it, to pay the sales tax, Lynn. Technically, but yes. if you're going to be using it on your own property and never do anything with it, right? You know, it is what it is. Agree. Nope. Good call. Appreciate it very much. That's good info. Uh, Tom in Denver, you're next. Tom, go ahead. Yeah, I just uh, changed the antifreeze in my car, and years ago I just used to put it down the toilet. That's natural. You're not supposed to. So, no. Uh, okay. What do you do with it? Any auto parts yeah, will it, take yeah. it. We, we recycle all that today, Tom, and it really does help those that, that are in that world. So, you know, even guys like, like Josh, our shops will take it even. As long as mm-hmm. it's good, clean, there's no oil in it, uh, the shops will take it, add it to what they have. They get that recycled. Uh, it, it actually is a, bit, is a benefit to them. So any of them will take it at no charge. It's not a problem. Okay. Uh, how about, like, Napa or any of them? Do they take it? I don't it? think the parts stores will. Uh, but you can call and ask. Some of them do. I, I, again, that's one of those I don't know exactly. It depends on the store, whether they're a company-owned store or a locally you know, owned and operated store. Some will, some won't. But all of the shops will. Okay. 
Thank you. You're very well. No, good. By the way, great. We, that's something we haven't talked about in a long time. So that's a great question. Uh, how to properly dispose of fluids. I could actually do a whole show on that. We should probably do that here in the near future for some of you do-it-yourselfers. Uh, going back, though, uh, Bob, I, one thing I wanted to make sure we got finished up here. we got a minute here or two. The salvage title end of things. Let's go back to that and make sure that people really understand the whole salvage title end of things and what's driving that and so on. Okay. <clears throat> the uh, there, there is no... Okay. The salvage title is a title that does not allow that vehicle to be driven or plated in Colorado. We're just talking about Colorado. Right. In order to change that, to make that salvage, uh, previous salvage title effective for getting license plates and being able to drive, it has to be rebuilt from salvage. And there is there are uh, documents available on the state of Colorado mm -hmm. website which allow which state what has to be done and then <clears throat> you, you get to a, a, a cross in the roads and one way says you're going to do it yourself the other way is you've done used a shop uh, on the on the forms that are available uh, there you have to I, if you're doing it yourself or you're representing that you fixed it yourself you have to give a list of the bills that you had and what exactly was repaired uh, and you do the same thing on the on the dealer uh, list. Uh, they're presented a little differently, and I'm kind of going a little. You're quicker. fine. Yeah. You're fine. Going kind of quick. No, to get, go get, get, it's specific to that vehicle, so you, you know you'd want to do some research on your own. But the point being, salvage doesn't mean it's a licensed, titled vehicle you can drive on the road. It still has to be rebuilt from salvage. Right, and then then the next step and the next step is you apply for a title at your local county. And the final step is, as part, well, part, as part of that, then, you have to get a, a VIN ins or an inspection done by the, either the state patrol or, uh, another, or other law enforcement officers that are what is called post-POST certified. Uh, the, the problem arises is that I see from a, a buyer standpoint is that so many people buy a a vehicle that was that was salvaged and then was quote repaired they take it to the state patrol for the mandatory inspection and they don't realize that all the state patrol is checking are a, a couple of safety items unfortunately mm -hmm. glass lights, lights. Uh, horn horn they are not checking any of the work that was done mm -hmm. they're not they're not uh, inspecting to see whether it was done properly they're not inspecting to see whether it was done safely and that's really where, from my perspective, I have seen the largest amount of major problems that have happened to people who are, you know, they're either struggling for cash and they need transportation uh, or they're uh, just trying to save, you know, just trying to, to get a deal. But, Bob, I'll just say, like, they're cheap. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it. I'm yeah, okay saying uh, that. They're I'm, cheap. I mean, I did have an attorney who has plenty of plenty of income and plenty of assets call me one time, and he was so happy that he had gotten this great deal on this salvage Subaru Outback with low mileage. And I mentioned to him, I said, well, how are you going to deal with the, the warranty? And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, you don't have a warranty anymore from Subaru. And he said, what do you mean I don't have a warranty? It's only got 22,000 miles on it. I said, well, w that warranty is voided when that car was salvaged right mm -hmm. on some rare, very rare occasions it's possible to to fix that if if all the 
let's say you're out of Colorado because we're going to use Tar as a line, example. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if yeah, if you don't have if you have something that complies in another state, but right. again, that's yeah, that's a big thing. So, from my perspective, you've got and then you've got you've got the title issue which you have to deal with. You have to deal with the insurance issue because some insurance companies will right. either a not insure the vehicle or b they liability will, only they will liability only mm-hmm. or c they will have it get a complete inspection at your dime to, to see whether or not the vehicle is as represented i.e just like new um, so those are things that most people don't think about financing a lot of lenders um, some right. credit unions will do the loans. They're willing to take the risk. Um, from a from a resale standpoint, if you get the vehicle and six months later you decide, well, I really don't like it. Good luck. Uh, yeah, good luck. Um, yep. You know, there there are dealers who will buy those uh, those cars, but um, they're limited and they're not going to give. They're going to give you fifty cents that's on right. the dollar yeah, thanks, at half. best. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, half. Yeah. Um, so again, that's kind of thing. The other thing, too, that's required. By state law, and, and uh, Josh mentioned it before, and I want to forget about it, is that the the letters rebuilt from salvage have to be stamped into the door the door jam uh, between the uh, for lack of a better let's say between the front and rear doors. The B pillar, basically. I was, yeah, was going to say B pillar, but most people don't know what that is. Right. <laughs> a is the front, B is the middle, C right. would be behind, so it's yeah. pretty easy that way. So anyway, so so those are issues that, uh, and I have seen cars that people have bought that they know are salvage but uh for some re- some mysterious reason there's nothing stamped in on the door jam right one of the things we'll talk about too after we take a few calls is how titles get washed so we'll go through that in a moment as well folks that's something else you need to uh, be aware of craig and wheat ridge though you're next what's going on sir hi john how are you good i guess i should have called in on your previous show uh it's a good time to get your gutters cleaned out i got up on my roof and yeah. And found I had a tennis ball in one of the uh, downstairs. Ah, that's not good. That is not good at all. That'll make a difference. Yeah. So, anyhow, I wanted to know, since you have a uh, a lot of people that listen, they're very knowledgeable, what this uh, age of vehicle add-on that we have on our vehicle registrations, what, how that got there, what its intended purpose was, was for, and who do we blame for it? And I don't know if I'm following you. The 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 add-on vehicle, I'm not following you, Craig. Well, on your registration receipt, uh-huh. all the different things you're paying for, bridge repair, yes, yes, yes. Uh, state patrolman training, safety, all that kind of thing. There's also, if your vehicle, I'm not sure where the cutoff age is, but I'm seeing it more and more on our vehicles, this uh, $7 age of vehicle, and it's strictly called an add-on. Okay. It's not a C, it's just an add-on. No clue. Yeah, it's they're, yeah they're doing that on older vehicles, and I don't know why. Where the majority of that came from, I can answer. That was uh, Governor Ritter that did the majority of that, or his and, his administration, I guess I should say. And and again, not being a, a tax because we would have voted no on that. That's of correct because it didn't fall under Tabor. That's correct. So, um, you know, if if they were to tell me hey, we're going to fix the roads with that, that. Uh, surcharge i would say great i'm more than willing to pay for it but i've never been 
able to find an explanation for what that's intended for. So if somebody out there knows, I'd love to hear it. Okay, we'll put that out there. And those of you listening, if you know, please do. I can do some research and probably find that as well. Uh, Joe and Frederick, hang tight. We're up against a break. We'll come right back. A couple lines open, 303-477-5600. You can text us as well, 307 307- 282.22. And if you're listening to us on Christmas Day, which we're going to replay this program on Christmas, Merry Christmas. And you can still ask questions via text 307 282.22. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa Auto Parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Increase comfortability in your home with a UV air purifying system from Absolute. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air offers dynamic air solutions you won't find at most HVAC companies. Unfortunately, not all air purification products deliver on their promises. Before selecting a product, the team at Absolute personally met with the scientists who developed the technology, installing systems in their own homes to make sure they really work. The science makes sense. Your ultraviolet purifier attaches to your furnace, killing particles like dust, mold, and even most viruses at the source before the air blows through your vents into the rest of your house. One small unit purifies the air throughout your home, eliminating odors. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air today for an air purifier that works. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, Classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value? Do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year? Paul Lewinberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry. American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you. Chrome stands for classic, antique, or modern classic, hot rod or street rod, replica or kit car, original, unrestored, modified or custom, exotic, rare or unique, and in excess of $100,000 in appraised value. Don't insure your special car with anyone else. Get the best coverage at the best price by calling Paul today, 303-662-0789, or find him on our website, drive-radio.com, that's drive-radio.com. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? 
The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Joe and Frederick, you're next. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, John, I uh, hope you can answer my question for Okay, me. we'll do our best. I have a 2013 Dodge Durango all-wheel drive, and it's in really great shape. Okay. got 155,000 miles on it, and at about 100,000 miles, I had all my fluids changed, the differential and transmission, et cetera, transfer case. And uh, in the winter, or when the when the in the winter time, or when the weather gets cold, the car starts up great, no problem. But I put it in gear, and it'll stall out. And if I if I start it though in the winter time and let it sit for like five minutes, it's no problem. Now in the summertime, anytime it's warm outside, the vehicle acts normal. Do you think it has anything to do with the fluids that were changed out in my? My car? Not. No, I don't think it has any. Although they're due again. Yeah. <laughs> You're 165 okay. on that vehicle, all of them, transmission, transfer case, front and rear differentials, those are all due again at 165 if you did them at 100 because it's 65K. But, no, I don't think those have anything to do with your issue. Sounds like, and Josh could, could chime in on this more than I, but you most likely have a transmission issue that's mm-hmm. keeping things locked up, not releasing, and that's what's killing the engine. But without being there next to it, that's a guess. Yeah, no check engine light and on. That's, no, check engine light's not on, and okay. it only happens when it gets near, like, you know, in the 30, 30-degree 30 yeah, temperature. You know, a, a valve body sticking would cause that, for example. Now, you could flush the transmission and see if there's any benefit, if it helps at all. I'm guessing it won't, but, but it, it here's the deal, Joe. It's due anyways. I would do that first before you do anything else because it's due. Okay. So see what it take, does. So I take it to it. To take it to a transmission shop or no. a dealer? <clears throat> no. It, it, well, as long as the transmission shop's going to do a complete flush of the transmission, we're not going to do a drain and fill. You need a complete, you know, uh, and, and by the way, you're in Frederick. Go up see Josh in Boulder. Have him look at the vehicle, run all the way through it, change all the fluids, and he could look at the transmission at the same time. Okay. Okay, great. I'll he's not, he's not that far from you. Just drive up to Josh. It's easy. He's 20 minutes away. Yeah. Great. Will do. Okay, Joe. Appreciate it very much. All right. We've got a question also, Josh and Bob that came in. And by the way, Josh Goff with me from uh, Legacy Up in Boulder, as I just said a moment ago. Bob White with us. We're doing all the, the titles and all of the things that we're talking about on, on that regard. And appreciate Bob taking time out of his day. But we had a question on the magnetic ride on a Yukon. So let me read through this as quickly as I can. So uh, 2016 Yukon, the suspension on it's the magnetic ride control suspension. It's very stiff and is a problem with the 2016 approximately 90,000 miles on it. I've read that the magnetic ride control suspension is problematic for a lot of the newer model Yukons and Tahoes. I'm wondering what it would be, what, what would be the right way to correct this without putting a bunch more money into it. Tempted to replace the shocks with non-magnetic ride shocks, which I, by the way, would not do. Do you guys have an opinion or recommendation on that? We also have a 2006 Yukon with 265,000 miles on it that we love. It's our local trip car, blah, blah, blah. Um, We've got the 2016, so to be honest, I wish I had just looked for a lower mileage 2006 to 2010. Uh, I get that. Um, so anyways, what, what do you do, Josh, on that 2016 with the magnetic ride that seems harsh? 
I'd have to see if it had any codes in it, you know, to see what's going on with the magnetic ride. Is it the, the actual shock or is it, you know, wires are an issue on that side? But, you know, when you switch it to the normal shocks, it changes the ride characteristics. It Some does. people are okay with it, you know, because they, they'll deal with a bad ride versus what it costs out of pocket. But you're not going to ride the same. No. No. And, and explain, you did a good job explaining this to Bob a moment ago because even Bob asked him, you know, how does the magnetic ride work in the first place what's going on inside that shock to make that that change in the ride control because it is significant what are they doing so basically the simple way is the fluid inside the oil they've put a ferrous metal in there okay little pieces of metal in there and they just put induce a magnetic current into it and it stiffens it or loosens changes the fluid if you would changes the fluid yeah so you know if you put a big you know back in school we always had the magnets so when you get them real close you know they're harder to pull apart and when they're far away, there's not that much pull. Right. So they use electronics to induce more mag, you know, more magnetism or less magnetism, and that makes it stiff or loose. So it, by changing know, the by viscosity cha- of the oil, basically. Basically, by changing the viscosity of the oil. Yeah, exactly. It's actually pretty simple. So it makes you think it, about it. Yeah, it makes the oil either less of thinner a fluid, or thicker, yeah, right? thinner, thinner or thicker, just by the amount of magnetic force you're putting on that fluid. Now, a question I have along those lines, which I've always wondered. Because of that f- type of fluid they're using and that it's got some metal in it, does it wear the shock and the orifices and that out faster because of that? Or have you noticed anything I along those noticed, lines? you know, a difference in okay. that. You know, but the other thing would be to inspect that car and see if it's leaking. If it's leaking, then that's part of the problem, too, just like a normal, a normal shock. Yeah, they, now they don't last forever. No, they don't. And it's got 165,000, so it would need to be looked at. But that's how the magnetic ride control on a... GM vehicle works. Now, the question I've got is, is it the same on some of the other manufacturers that have a ride control ability, or is, is that unique to the GM side? The GM was the one who came up with it. Okay. I think it was a Delphi mm-hmm. patent on it, if I remember correctly. Okay. So it is unique. I don't know if other manufacturers have relicensed it from Delphi or, or GM on it. You know, most of the other ones, they have a solenoid that adjusts the, the metering valve right, in it. in the shock, right? That, that's how the old school system. Sort of like the like. old Rancho 9000s, or they still make them, by the way, with the, with the orifice at the bottom it. where you could turn yeah. that in or out, and it changes the orifice size, which, and by the way, they worked extremely well. There was nothing wrong with that system. It was a mechanical system, and it did its job. It worked very well. It's similar on that. They just do it electronically is what you're saying exactly. on other models, yeah, other at the, vehicles. At the top of the strut, there's wires that go into it, and it just has a little solenoid that moves the valve you know, open or close, whichever you want. Stiff ride, you make the orifice smaller, you know, softer ride, you make the orifice bigger so it can flow right. back and forth easier. So the magnetic ride on the GM vehicles, it's not a gimmick, and I can attest this because I own some of them, it's not a gimmick. There is definitely a change in the ride of the vehicle depending upon what position you've actually got it in. Most of them, it's either a normal, sport, or touring, if I'm not mistaken. There's mm-hmm. usually three modes there that you can do. A lot of the Corvettes had that, but even some of the Yukons and others had that as well. Cadillacs had that. I don't remember how many different vehicles through the GM line they did that on. My SS has those same shocks on it, so it just I'll, depends on the vehicle. Yeah, the upper end side. Yeah. But I've always found it more responsive on the magnetic ride than the other ones. Yeah, you know they work I mean? really well. I think they're even going to the point where you know they'll make one shock on one side, you know, stiffer on turns and all that to get less sway mm-hmm. and not have to go to the sway bars. Which electronically you could do all oh, of that. Oh, you can do it instantly easily. that yeah. that yeah. setup instead of moving an orifice and trying to get a fluid to move. Interesting. Yeah, it's actually a very, it's a very complex system. And again, why, you know, back to Josh's point a moment ago, if I had that system, 
knowing what it actually does and if it's working properly like it's supposed to, I, I wouldn't go away from it. Once it's once it works and it's all set, it works really well. Exactly. So I would not go away from that. So any other questions for us, please let us know. 303-477-5600. I'll check the text line in a moment as we take a break. You can text us a message as well. 307-200-8222. We got some other title things. I've got some things that I wrote down as well that we want to cover with Bob as well when we come back. So don't go anywhere. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Rates are low, but are you still paying too much interest? Why continue to pay most of your interest up front like a conventional loan when you can use the asset manager to save thousands in unnecessary interest costs? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. The asset manager is a simple interest loan, which means when your payoff decreases, your payment decreases, and so does your interest. Our clients are paying off their home in half the time. They're not changing their spending habits, and they have access to their equity for 30 years, even after it's paid off. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Think about it. This simple interest loan allows you to own your home faster, access your equity for 30 years, which means never having to refinance over and over and over again to pay off debts or for home improvements. No more requalifying, no more additional costs. Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, and see for yourself. You're in control, not the bank. NMLS 298191, regulated by door, equal credit lender. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. 
All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. We're going to talk about wash titles here in just one second. Before that, though, Morris and Lakewood has a comment for us. Morris, go ahead. On the uh, on the Dodge truck that stalls out when it's cold, mm-hmm. um, sounds like a dirty throttle plate to me. Yeah, I don't know why it's stalling, Morris. That's the question I don't have answered. I don't know right. if it's well, stalling because, because you know, the, it's the, stuck in, you know, the torque converter's locked up and it's stalling because of that, or if it's stalling because the engine's stalling. I, that, that's the answer I don't know. Well, the reverse only makes me think it's the torque converter. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a throttle body issue. Well, it mostly only happens when it's cold, right? And the throttle body's supposed to be open more when it's cold to make for idle air. And that's why it just, I put two and two together, and that's why I'm saying it has a dirty throttle plate. And it could be, although, like I said, this is only, I think he said, if I'm not mistaken, only said reverse only. When he puts it in reverse, it doesn't. It is when it's is when it dies. Reverse only. Right, yeah. He might. That just might be because he's nosed into the driveway and only puts it in reverse when it's cold. Hard to say. Just, just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, Thanks no. no it was really more info. So, no, no, good point, Morris. It could be. Again, I, one of those things, we don't know if it's the engine dying, transmission stuck in. Get to Josh and you can. You'll be able to look at it at yeah, that point. That's well, no, easy once, to... uh, once I get my hands on it. Right. Let, let's talk wash titles, guys, because this is a, a topic that uh, it, it's it's there. Uh, and I guess the I'll, let me start this with you, Bob. Is it easier or harder today to wash titles from what it was, say, even 10 years ago? Much, much harder okay. than it was 10 years, 20 years. I mean, 30, 40 years ago, um, it wasn't uncommon, and we Particularly, it was, for whatever reason, it was the southeast portion of the United States, Florida, uh, Georgia, uh, whatever the states Alabama, are. Alabama. Alabama. Like yeah. Oh, north and south, both Carolinas. And what, and do we want to get, it, what it was, basically. Yeah, what is a wash title? A wash title, and the best example I can give is one that, a car that I purchased and found out after I owned it and after I sold it that it was a wash title. Um, in the period of two weeks, New titles had been issued first in North Carolina, then South Carolina, then North Carolina, then South Carolina, then North Carolina, South Carolina. Finally, one of those titles, and they were going into different offices in the in the individual states. Uh, somebody missed the fact that it was a that it was a salvage vehicle, okay. and they in the state that office issued a clean title, or what we refer to as a washed title. So the S went away. The S went away. Okay. which obviously made a huge positive impact in sure. the valuation of that vehicle. Makes it worth and a lot more was, money. That was long before Carfax. That was long before any sort of uh, 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 records were maintained mm-hmm. by other than the owner on what the mileage was. Okay. So that's how titles in the old days used to get watching. And it's harder today to do that, although you know, depending upon the individual, where they're at, who they know, uh, let's – Guys, nothing's impossible. Let's make sure I always say that. There's nothing impossible. It's why you still need to do your due diligence when it comes to all of these different things we're talking about. Because just because it's harder today doesn't mean it's impossible. That is correct. And that's one of the the benefits that Carfax has brought to the market has been a a repository of information that uh, is available. And a little sore subject there. Pet peeve on my part is people think that Carfax uh, is the end-all and no, the know-all. it is not. And what they need to understand is the only information that Carfax has is, what's reported is to what them. is reported okay. to them voluntarily That's or right. contractually 
um, but it does not require, to the best of my knowledge, by any it's agency not. in the country. No, no you're so correct. So you can't rely on it. It's a great tool, but it is a tool, and it is not the master It's tool. one of your references, not the only reference. Correct. It's a starting point to start that process of where's the car been, what's happened to it, what kind of maintenance has been done, where has it been registered across the country. That's the biggest thing I always look at is where's this car been. That typically will show up. The majority, if not all, uh, DMVs will tell Carfax, hey, this car was licensed or titled or there was an emissions test done or whatever the case may be. Beyond that, it's a crapshoot, guys. Yeah, and what's changed recently, I'd say recently as in the last two years, I'd say, is that Carfax used to be very inclusive of all the odometer readings at the time of, say, a, say right. a state inspection right. or similar. That's changing, and I'm seeing more and more on the Carfaxes that I'm looking at that the uh, odometer information is not there, which takes away some of the, the value that Carfax Agree. has put in place. Why that's happening, I honestly don't know why they made that decision. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm going to do some homework Ask. and find the answer. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Tim and Longmont, you're next, sir. Go ahead. Yes, I've got a uh, 59 Willys pickup with a flathead six in it. Yep. And I was wondering, due to the age of that engine, if I should be adding uh, an additive to the gas that has lead in it. No. So the, the current fuels are fine in yeah, that old Not necessary. That, that, that was another one of those wise tales from the past when unleaded fuel came out in the 70s, really, and a lot of techs then were running around, you know, hey, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, the, the valve seats are going to go bad if you don't. In all of the years, right. Tim, of right. working on all the things I've worked on, including some of what you're talking about, including that vehicle, I've never in my life ever seen bad valve seats from unleaded fuel in all those years. Okay. Never. Uh, and along those, those lines, uh, is there anybody in the front range, Longmont, Boulder area that uh, could do some carburetor work on that Jeep? It's got about 90,000 miles on it, and I'm having a hard time finding anybody that knows carburetors anymore. Uh, it's very difficult. I, I don't have an answer for you, Tim, no. Uh, the majority of shops, okay. because of the age of the car... And, and just honestly, just the economics, and, and I consult a lot of these shops on how they make money, and I will tell a shop straight up, unless they're going to specialize in doing old car repair and, and carburation and so on, just stay away from it because you're not going to make any money doing it. You'd have to probably go to some place like Cars Remembered When, you know, down on Santa Fe or some places like that that do specialize in some of the older vehicles. Those guys will have some ability to do that. But the average repair shop, modern-day repair shop, will not work on a carburetor vehicle. Okay. What was the name of the place on Santa Fe? Cars Remember When. And have you called? Remember when? Have you called Steve's in Longmont? They work on some old stuff. I've sent a few older carbureted stuff to them. Okay. I know they have some old timers that oh. can do them. Okay. Yeah, I've seen uh, seen some of their ads and the flyers they send around. So that's uh, not too many guys reference. doing carburetor stuff. So, and and honestly, even even with all of that. Now, cars remember when Steve's, whoever, since I'm not part of them and their network and what they're doing and so on, you got to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Do you do carburetor work? If so, who's the guy? Uh, and this is one of those right. situations where I would even ask, hey, can I meet the individual? Does he really know carburetors? Are we just going to send it to some guy that's worked on a lawnmower because that's not the same as working on your Jeep? I mean, I would <laughs> ask a lot of specific questions, Tim, before somebody worked on it. Okay. All righty. Okay. Well, it's, uh, I'd have to have it towed down here. It's up in Grand Lake right now. Okay. 
And there might yeah. be somebody up in Grand Lake. I, that, that's another area. I mean, there's some guys up there, some older shops up there, where you might find somebody up there willing to do it because they've got more older vehicles running around there than we do down here. Well, I did have a guy up there, but he uh, he finally retired. Uh, okay. uh, and he was he was he was really good, okay. but uh, he he retired. So okay. I'll uh, okay. I'll check around a little bit more up there, but. Uh, Sorry, okay, sorry, I can't help you help. more on that one, Tim. That's just carburation is one of those that, I mean, I do some of my own on some of our older vehicles and so on. But I'll be honest, I I don't want to do it for anybody else. It's enough, it's hard enough doing it for. Here's the other issue, by the way, for everybody listening, just real quick, and just a little side note here on carburation. It's hard to even find the right components, even mm-hmm. if you're working on your own vehicle. It's hard to find all of the right gaskets and carburetor you know pieces and, and, and floats and and all the different things that are required the needles and seats and and uh you know jets and metering rods and on down the line we go it's hard to even find all the right componentry to make that work on your own and then you go to the retail side trying to do it for somebody else you just can't charge enough money to make all of that work effectively in the shop and still keep the doors open. Did I say yeah. that right, Josh? The last few Hondas I did before I, I can't even do them anymore is, is I bought like four used carburetors because the shafts wear out. You can't get the bushings. You can't get half the parts. So I took four used carburetors to make one. Right. And now there's just none left. So you're, so I just, you're can't just reiterating what I said. Yeah. Okay. So you I'm know, not off on that. You know, and I, and I don't know that it would be successful, but you could look at issues of Hemmings Motor News. Um, you know, for those of us with a lot of gray hair who've been around from the days of uh, synchronizing downdraft Webers, uh, you know, you might come up with something in there, and, you know, you you got nothing to lose by calling, like, the fellow that retired up in Grand Lake, and, and maybe there's somebody he knows, you know, in Steamboat or something. I mean, right, right. Good I point. think you're going to have to play detective to come up with yep. somebody, A, who can do it, and B, who still is interested and, in doing And to it. your point on some of the Hemming stuff, you might even find some new old stock of just buying a complete right. carburetor mm-hmm. that you could bolt on it you might have to take your jets out and put in it because yep. it depends on where they're coming from but again yeah it's just finding shops to do that is becoming harder and harder but i did get a message a moment ago the cars remember when does have a good carburetor guy so that is kind of maybe a last resort but there is somebody there don you're up next sir lock buoy uh good afternoon everybody and um i know somebody his name is, the name of the shop is Don's Carburetor. Okay. They were in Edgewater, and now they're in Arvada. Okay. And his son took over, been doing it all his son's life. He's in his 60s. Okay. So he has all the resources. He's got tons of old carburation stuff, and um, he still does this to this day. He's a specialty carburetor guy. Okay. And that's who I would... Uh, put out to help anybody Great. out oh, and he would be close he'd be closer i also got somebody that just texted in there's a, a fellow by the name of randy up in morrison that does some carburetor work as well so there's a few guys floating around i just don't know anybody up that far north in the longmont area uh, don that does but not either way if he had to drive down he could still do that good good advice right so i've been listening to you guys for many years Thank and you. um appreciate what you do for all the building all the car heads and motor heads thank and you thank you so, and i have you and i have used uh, quite a few larry's uh transmission arvada west um, cyphers when they were part of it so i have you thank you so, don 
some thank of your you. leads. So I thank you very you have much for that. a great uh, holiday coming up. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, New sir. To everybody. Thank you, sir, yeah. very much. I appreciate Merry Christmas, that. Don. Yeah, really appreciate that. Don and Littleton, how are you, Don? Hey, John, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great, sir. Hey, I had a I had a tip for that fellow that needed some carburetor sure. work on an old Jeep. The the Jeep I'm working on didn't have a carburetor, and I found a guy in <clears throat> Asheboro, North Carolina, hmm. and all he does is old carburetors for Jeeps. That's okay. all he does. In fact, his his website is called oldjeepcarbs.com. Old Jeep Carbs. That's a good website. Yeah. Oldjeepcarbs.com. Okay. Yeah, and the, the guy's name is Rick Pacholsky. Okay. And he's a straight arrow. And, and what he does is, it's pretty, pretty interesting, you send your carburetor to him, he rebuilds it, and then he puts it on an engine that he has running in his shop, hmm. and he has a YouTube video that you have type in a number into the YouTube, into YouTube, and <clears throat> it brings it up, and then he talks about your carburetor. He shows how it's working. Okay. And the RPM and the vacuum. And nice. Oh, he does a great job, and he's not horribly expensive. And nice. Um, yeah, he's a terrific fellow, and and uh, you know that guy would would really. You talk about trying to find old parts. That's all he has is the old parts. Okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's a he's a straight arrow. Okay. And I've I've talked to him a number of times. Good to know. Yeah. Good resource. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Always a pleasure talking. No, Don, thank you very much. That's good to know. All right, last break of the day. Any other questions for us? Bob, especially on the title end of things, if you've got any questions there, please call us, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back, though. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. In these difficult times, Arvada West Auto and Truck is geared up servicing and maintaining their customers' vehicles. Throughout the COVID disruption, they still manage to keep their staff busy every day. As a reminder, Arvada West Auto and Truck specializes in electrical, climate control, brakes, tune-ups, emission failures, exhaust, steering, suspension, drivability issues, and maintenance services. Come visit or call Arvada West Auto and Truck. 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. 
You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass Glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for calling today, by the way. It's been a, a great day. Really appreciate it. If you're listening to us on Christmas, and some of you have already even said Merry Christmas, thank you for listening. We do appreciate that very much. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. Uh, Bob White, who's joined us throughout the whole... I don't, Bob, I don't think was planning on being here three full hours, but I'm glad he showed up. And he, we've been talking titles and just everything from salvage titles, rebuilt titles, wash titles. And I think bottom line, uh, folks, for a lot of you listening and... and I know I've said some things that, you know, seem harsh at times, but uh, yeah, if you can afford to buy a car that's not a salvage title car, please do so. I, I realize they have a place, and for some people, they work well. Uh, I, I, I'm not one of those, by the way. Uh, I, I will go buy an older, you know, even if I didn't have any cash, I would go buy an older, straight, used car, non-salvage title, something that I know hasn't gone through all of that. I would go buy that before mm -hmm. I would buy a late model car with a salvage title. That's just me personally, because I guess I've come from that industry. I mean, guys, I've come from an industry where back in the day before salvage titles even were a thing, I mean, I've been to different wrecking yards over the years to where literally a guy would take the front half of a car that was good and the back half of the other car that was good, cut the one in half, cut the other one in half, and literally put them back together, weld them in the middle, and put everything back interior-wise and so on, send it on down the road, and nobody was the wiser. And I've seen those things happen over the years, and they still happen today, folks. Those, those days are not gone. They're still here, and that's what a salvage vehicle can be. I've had ones that are three cars. Okay. The front end off of one, the right side off another one, the left side off another one. You can see the weld right down the so center I'm and the weld right, right between the front and the back. So there you, so there you go. So again, all the reason why I just, to me, just, I just stay away from it. JR, you're up next. What's going on? Hello, hi. Yeah, I had a, a question about Extreme Auto, uh, one of your uh, select yeah, yeah. shops. The advertisement on, on your station, they're saying that they can get the, they have the parts, they can get the parts because they've done something special. What, what have they done special to secure parts? 
Uh, one of the things that I do know, that I talk to Sean from there, you know, quite frequently. They're stocking more parts than the majority of shops probably, well, not probably are. They're stocking more parts than the majority are. And because they've got a large shop with, you know, 20-plus bays, and the same as Josh, and you get into the, the medium to larger shops, they're buying more product. They've got more vendors to choose from than the average shop. And frankly, they've got a better relationship than the guy that's got a two-bay shop has. So if a part's going to go out to the two-bay shop or the guy with 20 bays, who do you think is going to get it, Jr.? Right. Well, yeah, I understand. I mean, that. no, no offense. The guy buying, you know, thirty, forty grand worth of parts a month versus the guy buying three or four thousand dollars worth of parts a month. If that same part comes on the shelf and both guys call at the same time, who do you think's getting the part? Well, like Tune Tech. Okay, there, there were like what three, three bay shop, four bay shop, four bay, and really but yet yeah, high volume though. So even Ken is going to have more availability than 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 another four bay low volume shop is. Okay, that, that makes sense. That's how that uh, so works. I called them to get service on the car, and I was gonna say, do you take AAA? And they said, no, we don't do AAA. Well, getting on your website there, they, it's, it shows AAA for a discount. That I have no idea what they're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I but, don't know. But on but that. Aren't they? Aren't they on your website? The, uh, there are there are uh, they're in our group as far as a sponsor and part of Colorado Select. I have no idea their affiliation with AAA. I, I don't know oh, on that okay, one at all. Okay, because it, it was on the website. I, I got on Drive Radio and blah, 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 and get on their website there, and it said AAA. But apparently, maybe the left hand didn't know what the right well, hand Well, and it could have changed. That I don't know, JR. I'm not I'm oh. not privy on that end of it with them. Oh, you're not privy. They used okay. to be AAA approved, but I don't know. I, again, all these guys can do whatever they want to on the AAA side of it. On the AAA, okay. But but on the website, they may have to just take that off. Though, may have right? to, yeah. I don't know. Again, okay. I don't know for sure. And and, and honestly, that. just between you and I, AAA has never done much for me one way or the other. I was a AAA shop no, at it, one it, time, and still I'm not a fan of AAA. Well, isn't that one of your requirements to be a Colorado no. Select? No, AAA? it is not. I thought it was. One no, of, it is not. One of three. No, it is okay, not. What are the three that you had to do? You have to be... Where's the shop? It's actually more than three. They've got to have a good standing. They've got to be good with the BBB. It's got to be somebody that I've toured that I know. I know the owners. I know how they run the shop. I know how they treat their customers. What's their warranty like? It's more than three. It's a it's a, a litany of things, Jr. that they go through. Yeah, because I thought I saw AAA was one of the requirements. No, that you, it, not anymore. I mean, at one point in time, I think we had that as something we used to do. But anymore, AAA has become so watered down, and I mean that sincerely. It is not what it used yeah. to be. Josh yeah, is over here nodding his head because he knows what I mean. Yeah, I have them for towing and, and, and for discounts. Yeah. And I just want to use my discount. Right. Okay. Have a good day. You then. bet, JR. No, good question, by the way. I appreciate right. you asking that. No Thank problem you. at all. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend, by the way. Gary and Superior, you're next, sir. Yes. Hi, John. Uh, appreciate your show Thank and you. uh, really enjoy it. Um, recently, I, I got some gas at a uh, King Supers station, and um, I have a Honda Civic. The tank holds 13.7 gallons, and um, I wasn't watching the pump when I filled it up, but uh, when it was full, okay, and I always I keep track of the mileage, so I, I top it off. Okay. And I looked at the pump, and it had 14.1 gallons, and the, uh, the idiot light hadn't come on yet, so that usually comes on with at least uh, two gallons left. So it's like three, almost three gallons more. That the pump put in, then uh, then you're used you know, to. Then I'm used to, and it's like. Um, well, there's this, I, you know, there's a state, a, as you know, there's a state agency for anybody selling retail, uh, and I, and I, it's not just fuel, by the way. Anybody that's selling any kind of 
liquids or grains or anything along those lines everything they do scales and so on has to be certified or they you know it's a, it's a measure certification you know measure certification and if you've got a question on that call the state and say here's here's what happened here's what i've got and when's the last time these pumps were certified they'll tell you okay thanks uh, i will do the state because i did king supers i did better business yeah Bureau. king supers and the bbb yeah, won't know you'll have to go to the higher ups that actually do the calibration or the you know the stamp of approval if you would on those and and that's something by the way i don't know how often and if somebody out there has a station and wants to either email me or let me know i don't know how often the state inspects those guys i don't know if it's monthly quarterly annually gary that's something i don't know yeah, well, it's just you know, I, I don't mind a half gallon or a no, gallon. no, no. I think you, 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 you got a, you got a legitimate you got a legitimate yeah. concern, and, and 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 by the way, if you find that that's actually what it is, that tells you how some of these more cut rate because that's what that fuel is at King Supers. It tells you how the cut rate guys can sell it as cheap as they do. If they're if they're gouging everybody a little bit on the volume side, well, now there's your answer. Yes, it is. Okay, well. Uh, Again, thank you very no, much. No, thank you, help. Gary. And and I will try yeah. to do, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks, I'll do a little investigative work and try to determine when those things are certified. Because I they're stamped on them. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what the law requires when it comes to certifying the the pump. And and I know the guys come around. They got a glass beaker. You know, they measure the pump. They double check to make sure that exactly what the pump says is what's coming out into the beaker and so on. And that's the certification. It's, it's literally a manual certification mm -hmm. process that they do. I just don't know how often that happens, but I do know that pumps can get off. It happens. Now, I also thought, and this is again, folks, please, I'm not a station owner. Never have been. I've known some station owners, but I thought they did some self-calibration along the same lines of what I'm talking about as well. But honestly, that I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I really have no idea. I do think that, personally speaking, I do think that there are some stations that don't watch that calibration as closely as others because I've experienced similar to what Gary's talking about a moment ago to where you know that, okay, I know where the level's at. I know on average how much I'm going to put in. And all of a sudden you go to a station and, ooh, two more gallons went in. Well, why they, is that? If they can't fill the paper on the credit card slot on the pump, then where, I, when are they going to get around that calibration? Yeah, I doubt if they're checking the certifications yeah, of it as well. So, no, I think you're exactly right on that one. Um, so you can go to, Larry just told me, every. how often should a pump be calibrated? Every pump needs to be inspected at least once 18 months, every 18 months. So, guys, that's a long time frame. That's mm -hmm. a year and a half. So, depending upon where that's at in that time yeah, frame. They've gotten suspended during COVID. Could could very well be. I haven't, I, I, but I think, Gary, by the way, I think you just brought up a great point, and I think it's something folks need to be looking at and be aware of, because if you're off by, in that case, if it's normally, a, you know, 10, 12 gallons, and you're now putting in 13, almost 14 gallons, uh, that's a 30% difference, and do that across the board, uh, man, that's yep. that's a lot of extra money they're making because what they're doing is selling you more fuel than you're receiving is what that boils down to. Yeah, and they should know. I mean, they, they buy 100 gallons of fuel, and they sell 110 gallons of fuel. <laughs> Again, though, but to your point a moment ago, they can't even put the tape in the yeah. no. in the pump to yeah. give you the receipt at times. Are they really checking that? No. You know, and, and, and uh, again, one way, though, you could check on your own is to you know go home take a gallon jug of some kind that's a sealed type jug know the volume of fuel in this case or whatever you're going to put into it is exactly 
that measurement, go to any given pump, put a gallon of that particular product in, and see if it comes up to that particular mark. This isn't rocket science, and, folks. And that's the test. I've seen them drive up in that truck. It's that's all they what do. they do. They, they've yeah. got a specific test, They, you know, they the beaker that yeah. they know. Here's the mark. Here's an exact gallon. And boom, it's done, handled. And if it doesn't meet that mark, done deal. I mean, yeah. most of us aren't running around with glass beakers to figure out you know, how to fill it. But anyways, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Bob, especially, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Josh, though, you've been here four hours. Thank you for filling in on Fix It Radio as well and then uh, the good time we've had here today. Well, thanks appreciate for having it. me. For all of you out there listening, Merry Christmas. We're going to replay this again on Christmas Day. So if you've had a, a great Christmas Day, I hope you have had a great Christmas Day, I should say. Charlie Grimes, your engineer, Larry Unger. Don't forget Sportsman of Colorado coming up next. Have a great night and a great afternoon, I should say, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.